قل سے من ہو ہی پروٹیکٹ یو ہو کین پروٹیکٹ یو یکلا او کیف لام ہمزا کلا ان کلا از ٹو پروٹیکٹ ٹو گارڈ ٹو پرزرو فروم دا سیم روٹ از دا ورڈ مکلا وچ از یوز فار اے ڈاک اے ڈاک واٹ از اے ڈاک ویئر شپس آر پارکڈ رائٹ وائی آر دے پارکڈ اوور دیر فار سیفٹی سو دیٹ دے ڈونٹ ڈرفٹ اوے ان ٹو دا سی ان ٹو دی اوشن رائٹ سو مئی یکلا اوکم ہو پرزرو یو ہو کیپس یو سیف ہو کین کیپ یو سیف بلیلی in the night or in the day min ar-rahman from the most merciful you keep demanding that a punishment should fall upon you if you are in the wrong think about it if the most merciful if he decides to send something upon you by night or during the day then who will save you who will protect you and this is a warning and a reminder that such consequences can come upon a person anytime night or day when a person is sleeping or he's awake when a person is alone or when he is in front of everybody no one can save you no one can shelter you from the punishment of ar-rahman bal rather whom they an dhikri rabbihim from the dhikr from the remembrance of their lord they are mu'ridun ones who turn away The fact is that they don't remember their Lord. Because if they remembered Him, then they would not be heedless of Him. They would not be inattentive of Him in the night or in the day. Because sometimes it happens that in certain places we are very conscious of Allah. Very careful about what we are saying, what we are doing. But at other times, in other places, we act as though there is no God. We act as though we are not being seen. بَلْ هُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ رَبِّهِمْ مُعْرِضُونَ They are turning away from the remembrance of their Lord. Because if they truly remembered Him, they wouldn't say such things. And they would never forget Him, neither in the day nor in the night. The thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who protects us. He is the one who keeps us safe. In the night and in the day, at home and even outside. If you think about it, there are so many things that can destroy us, within us and around us. within us and around us because of which we can die in an instant recently a good friend of ours family friend and somebody whom we've known for i think over 25 years or something they went for umrah with their baby and their baby was 11 months old and on my recent trip to pakistan i saw the baby perfectly fine perfectly healthy They did Umrah and they made the baby do the Umrah as well. They said the talbiyah for her and after the Umrah they even you know, trimmed a little bit of her hair. Perfectly fine. No problem. Nothing. All of a sudden the baby got sick or she was vomiting or she was having milk and it got stuck or something and she choked. She died. She died. The cause of death was not a gun. The cause of death was not somebody strangling her. The cause of death was milk stuck in her neck. Allah is the one who protects us. He is the one who keeps us safe from so many dangers. So many things that could harm us, ruin us. If you think about it, the earth, what's inside the earth? Fire. Fire. But how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this earth such that we don't even feel what's going on inside. 
How many things are out there in the space which are much bigger than the earth? One strike and khalas. We're done. Allah is the one who keeps us safe. He is the one who protects us. And if He removes His protection from us for even a moment, then what are we? What are we? مَن يَقْلَأُكُمْ Do you realize this? Who keeps you safe? بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ And if Allah takes that protection away from you, who can save you from Allah? بَلْ هُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ رَبِّهِمْ مُعْرِضُونَ أَمْ لَهُمْ آلِهَةٌ Or do they have aliha, other gods? تَمْنَعُهُمْ That prevent them, meaning that defend them, that save them. مِنْ دُونِنَا Beside us. Meaning, is there anyone they have beside us who can keep them safe? Who can defend them? Who can shelter them? Who do they have? If they have these idols whom they worship or other beings that they trust or systems that they trust, remember, لا يستطيعون نصر أنفسهم They cannot even save themselves. They are not able to help themselves. An idol, can it help itself? No. A machine, can it help itself? Many times it happens that there are certain machines with certain programming that you know, if there's an issue, it will resolve the issue itself. But even then, you have to reset or you have to come and fix it. لَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ نَصْرَ أَنفُسِهِمْ They cannot even help themselves. How can they help you then? وَلَا and not whom they minna from us yushabun. They are protected. They're not protected from us. They cannot be protected from us. Yushabun is from Sadhaba. Suhba. What is Suhba? To be a companion, companionship. Who is a Sahib? Companion. Ashab companions. Sahabi companion of the Prophet. Right? Now remember that Sahiba, right? To be in the companionship of someone. When you're with somebody, when you're with somebody, that means you're not alone. And when you have them with you, what does it mean? That they'll help you. Right? So for instance, it's snowing outside, really bad weather, and you have to go somewhere. And if you have to drive alone, what would you like? Somebody to accompany you. So that if, in case you get stuck somewhere, or something bad happens, there's somebody with you. Somebody with you. So a companion is meant to protect you. A companion is meant to help you. So over here, yushabun means they will not be aided. They cannot be helped. They cannot be protected from us. Meaning, they are not safe from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah wants, He can even destroy these gods that you believe in. He can even finish and destroy all these systems that you've made and you depend so heavily upon. For Him, nothing is difficult. How can you run away from Him? Where is that escape that you will find? From Allah. There is no escape. بَلْ rather مَتَّعْنَا هَؤُلَاءِ وَأَبَاءَهُمْ We have provided good things. We have given mata'. What is mata'? Things of this world. We have benefited them. Who? هَؤُلَاءِ These people. وَأَبَاءَهُمْ And also their forefathers. So the present generation and the previous generations. All of them, they've been provided with the things of this world. And when people have lots of things of this world, or even a few things of this world, what happens? They get deceived by them. They think they're everything. They begin to depend on them. They begin to put their trust in them. They begin to pursue them as their goal in life. Hatta until طَالَ It became long. 
طالع from طول طول is length طالع it became long what became long عليهم on them العمر the age the lifespan so in other words they lived long lives and even if a person lives for 50 years it seems like you know when you're in those 40s it seems like yeah I'm having so much fun I'm here forever I've been here for so long so first of all long life and secondly the blessings of this world so in other words they get deceived by this life with each passing day they get deceived with each thing they receive in the dunya they get deceived and they think no one can harm them no one can question them no one will call them to account you know for instance if a person has a bank account or has a wallet full of plastic money what do they think i'm good i'm nothing to fear i have money likewise if a person gets a passport you know of a particular country what do they think I'm the luckiest person on the planet. I can travel anywhere. Nobody will ask me. I don't need to get visas from I'm good. I'm fine. Likewise with age. I'm 18. I'm 20. I'm 22. I'm an adult. I don't need my parents' permission. In fact, I can live on my own. Education, job, that is secure. What do we think? We're good. We're fine. And with the things of this world as each day passes, we get deluded we get deceived and we forget allah we forget the last day we were reading macbeth in class and one of the lines from macbeth was security is mortal's chiefest enemy so when you're secure then you're going to fall yes it's the chiefest yani chief most chief enemy of morals right so when you feel secure you feel like you can do anything you have a secure position in your family secure position financially socially you think you're fine and then a person begins to lose his morals allah says afala yarawna why are they so deceived do they not see anna indeed we na'til arda we are bringing the earth nanqusuha we are shrinking it we are reducing it from naqs what does naqs mean to fall short to reduce We are reducing, meaning shrinking the earth. Min atrafiha from its sides. Atraf is a plural of taraf. What does taraf mean? Edge. From the edges of the earth, we're closing it in. Afahumul ghalibun. Then will they be victorious? How can they be victorious? Don't they see the earth shrinking on them? Now this ayah can be understood in two ways. One is that not in the physical sense, but in the sense that the people are losing their freedom. Before, the earth was vast in the sense that they could go anywhere travel anywhere no questions asked nothing no borders and now if they wish to go to a particular place then they have to go through so many even for the arabs right there was the roman empire on one side and persian empire on one side and as people come and rule over certain areas your entry in those areas becomes more difficult correct Likewise if you're living in a particular city for a very long time initially there was so much space you could bike anywhere you could run anywhere and now you see that all those pieces of land are full of buildings it says private property no trespassing so they're losing their freedom in other words this is one interpretation don't they see how they're losing their freedom before they had it but gradually they're losing their freedom and this is something that should shatter our trust in our security that we are secure financially in whatever way no we're not 
Don't we see how we cannot even go to a particular place that we could before so freely, so easily? And this is something that's common in all places, all times. Recently somebody, they returned from India and they were telling me about how in front of their house was you know, a small idol or rock or something that people used to worship. And then the area around it was all open. And she said, as kids we would go bike around there and we would play there. And now that entire area is basically a huge temple. A huge temple. How that small idol, you know, people would come and do their rituals over there. Then there was a small shelter made on it and then the room built and then now that room has expanded and, you know, it's expanded and now our freedom over there is limited. Children cannot go bike around the way they used to before. And you see this in life, how, you know, you think you're an adult, you're 18, and you feel like when you'll be married, you'll be the most free person in the world. Which is why you can't wait until you can step out of your parents' house and live your life as a queen. But what happens as you're living your life as a queen? One child is pulling you from one side, another is pulling you from the other side. You can't even drive anywhere with your own free will. You can't even listen to something that you want to in the car. You can't even have a conversation on the phone. You feel secure? You feel you control your life? You don't control your life. You want to go somewhere and the husband says, no, you can't. You feel like the house is all yours, you've been living independently for 11 years, for 20 years, for 25 years, here comes a daughter-in-law who says, I don't like these sofas and I don't like that painting on the wall and I don't like the way these things are, I want to change things around. Threatened. You're secure? You're free? You're not. So this is one interpretation that socially or that the security, the freedom of people is shrinking day by day. And then also you see with your body, you feel like I can do anything. But then what happens? When you go out in the snow, in the cold, and you think you can easily clean the car and as you're doing it, your hands hurt. Many of you probably have no idea about what I'm saying. But ask your dad and ask your mom how they feel when they step out in the cold. How they feel. That how the bones hurt, the knees hurt, and you can't even go up and down in your own house. It happens with so many people. Doctors tell them, if you want to stay the way you are, if you want your knee to have some more life, then please go down once a day and go up once a day. In your own house, you're locked up. In your own house, you don't have the freedom to go up and down as you will. How are you secure? You're not. How are you free? You're not. Wake up. You're not free. Then another interpretation of this is that literally the earth is shrinking. Physically. And this could be understood in different ways also. Like for example, you know, for instance it is said that with the Big Bang, the galaxies and you know, basically the universe, it's expanding. But then eventually a time will come when it will also shrink. I mean it's a theory Right, And then also with all the pollution, how the icebergs are melting and I mean, lands are reducing or so many areas of land are such that they are completely infertile. You can't grow anything on them. They're laying barren. Life is impossible. Or because of a certain factory or a volcano or a leak somewhere, the entire city is evacuated. Right? It's evacuated. Nobody can live there. It's not safe to live there anymore. So how do they feel that they are free? They are secure. They are not. 
أَفَهُمُلْ غَالِبُونَ Then will they be victorious? What's the lesson here? What's the lesson here? When we're made to realize that we are not free, we are not secure, then what? Go ahead. Yes, that you're not secure from Allah. Because this is the theme of these ayat. Never forget Allah. Never forget Him. Never ignore Him. Never think that you are independent of Him. Never think that you don't need Him. That you can do anything and He cannot question you. No. You're so helpless. You're so weak. You're so small. You're so insecure. That you desperately need him. Qul say, Innama undirukum bil wahi. Indeed, I am warning you with wahi, with revelation, meaning based on knowledge that I have received through revelation. This is not my own thinking or my own thoughts. This is based on revelation. This is the message of the Lord of the worlds. Wala yasma'u summud dua. وَلَا يَسْمَعُ And he does not hear. الصُّمْ The deaf ones. What do they not hear? الدُّعَاء The call. Meaning any call. إِذَامَ Whenever يُنذَرُونَ They are warned. When a deaf person is warned through words, by a, through a shout, a call, they cannot hear. Like for instance, if a person is not able to hear, and they are heading towards a very dangerous place. A very dangerous place. So for instance, on a cliff, they're walking towards the edge. Then what? If you shout at them, stop, stop, will they hear you? No, they won't hear you. What will happen? They will continue to walk and they will fall off. They don't hear the call. They don't understand what is being said to them. Recently somebody was telling me about how a friend of theirs, they were outside, they had gone to pick something up and they weren't able to pick it and they were very upset about the fact that they couldn't collect it and it was in a street so anyway they're going back to their car upset and angry and they see a woman walking outside in the snow bare feet without any jacket they're like what's wrong so he saw that you know she was dressed in a particular way and obviously he felt that she spoke a particular language and she was an older woman so he tried to tell her in her language that it's cold Don't walk like this. Where are you going? But she didn't hear. You know, he's yelling at her. She did not respond. She kept going as if nobody's there. So he tried to stop her, but she wouldn't listen. And she would not show any reaction, nothing. So he understood there's something wrong with her. So he ran to the car, grabbed a blanket, and put it on her. And then he saw one of the houses. The door was open. So he went, rang the bell multiple times. Nobody came out. And then he went back to the woman so that he would at least know where she goes in case she gets hurt or gets lost. And then some people came running out of that house and they got her and basically they said that she had dementia and she had no idea where she goes and what time she leaves. When a person does not hear, you cannot help them. Through just, through words only. Or can you? You can't. You have to take some action to stop them. So sometimes people are spiritually deaf. Not physically, spiritually. You warn them. You remind them. But they don't get it. You shout at them. But they don't understand. وَلَا يَسْمَعُ الصُّمَّ الدُّعَاءِ إِذَا مَا يُنْزَرُونَ 
I was thinking of the example that you gave that like if there was a deaf person walking towards the edge of the cliff and you had to like warn them somehow and like you were yelling and they couldn't hear you I was thinking I'd pick up a rock and throw it at them and like tests like that would be the only way to warn them but like tests that's what they do they hit you hard and they wake you up from this like deafness yes very true so sometimes this is needed but when the Prophet ﷺ would convey to the people and no reaction, they wouldn't get affected, he would begin to wonder if he is doing his job properly. So the Prophet ﷺ is comforted over here that you are warning through wahi. And which speech can be more powerful than wahi? The problem is not in you or in the message. The problem is in these people who have closed their ears. in And surely if masathum it touched them, nafhatum min adab nafha as much as a whiff min adab of punishment. Which punishment? Rabbik of your Lord. Meaning punishment from your Lord. If if even a nafha touched them. What is nafha? Nafha, noon faha. Nafha means to exhale. Put your hand in front of you and exhale. Do you feel something on your hand? This is nafha. Is it so strong that it moved your hand? Or it made your hand cold? No. What was it? Very slight. So nafaha is to blow. Nafha, breath. Nafha is also used for a gust of wind. Alright? Nafahu bisayf. He lightly struck him with a sword. Just lightly. You know for instance, you just lightly touch somebody. Sometimes just one touch and they're like, don't hold me so hard. Hmm? So this is nafha. When a very light or very soft touch, or the beginning of something. Alright? It's also used for fragrance or smell. Now when food is being prepared, what reaches you before the food? It's the smell. Outside the house, you can smell it. Isn't it? You can smell it outside. So it comes first. It's the beginning. You know that something good is inside, hopefully. Alright? So, وَلَئِمْ مَسَتْهُمْ نَفْحَةٌ مِّنْ عَذَابِ رَبِّكَ Meaning the preceding events or the slight instances of the punishment of your Lord. Not the full punishment, just the beginning of it. Just a slight portion of it, just a breath of it. If it reached them, لَيَقُولُنَّ Surely they would say, يَا وَيْلَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ They say, Oh woe to us, indeed we were wrong. Meaning, just a touch of that punishment, a breath of that punishment would be enough to wake them up. It would be enough to wake them up. So just imagine how severe that punishment is. Just imagine how difficult it is. وَنَضَعُ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْطِ And we shall place the scales of justice. نَضَعُ وَوْضَعِينَ موازين Plural of mizan الْقِسْطِ Justice. We will place them لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ On the Day of Judgment. Why? So that the deeds of every person are weighed. فَلَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا Then no person will be wronged even a little, even one thing. Absolute justice. وَإِن كَانَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ And if there is the weight of a grain even. What is حَبَّة? A seed. Mustard seed, for example. Have you seen a mustard seed? Have you seen it? Next time you go to the grocery store, go and look for the aisle that has spices in it. And look for mustard seed and look at it. And if you go and look at the mustard seed, 
with the intention to understand the Qur'an better, to understand the deen better, then going and looking at that mustard seed is also an ibadah. It is also an act of worship. Then every step, inshallah, you'll be rewarded for. وَإِن كَانَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ خَرْدَلٍ Mustard seed. If there is even a small seed, like that of mustard, meaning if there is a deed, if there is an action, a person suffered in the way of Allah, even this much, even this much, أَتَيْنَا بِهَا We will bring it. وَكَفَى بِنَا حَاسِبِينَ And sufficient are we as account takers. Allah will call people to account. And everything will be examined. Even if it's something as small as a mustard seed, will be checked. What value does it have? Everything will be checked. And Allah can do that. وَكَفَى بِنَا حَاسِبِينَ In Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 40, we learn, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَظْلِمُ مِثْقَالَ ذَرْوَةٍ Allah does not do injustice. Even as much as an atom's weight. And over here, مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِنْ خَرْدًا Even a seed like that of a mustard. وَإِن تَكُ حَسَنَةً If it is a good deed, meaning that small, small thing is a good deed, then what will happen? يُضَعِفْهَا Allah will multiply it. وَيُؤْتِ مِنْ لَدُنْهُ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا And He will give from Himself a great reward. So you see over here, the value of little deeds, small deeds, and at the same time, the burden of small sins. Every little bit matters. Every little bit matters. You know, sometimes it's just an expression that we show. Like from our face, a facial expression. That can either boost somebody's confidence, or it can kill them from inside. Doesn't it? Has it ever happened that somebody looked at you in a strange way and you feel like, am I doing something wrong? And you feel like crying inside? Just because they're looking at you in a particular manner, it hurts you. Or for instance, somebody looks at you and smiles at you and you feel like that just made your day. How much difference one glance can make, one smile can make, every little bit matters. And this means that we should be even more careful about what we say, about what we do. Because a small thing can take a person to Jannah and a small thing can even take a person to hell. My friend Amal, uh, she, she told me that um, when like she, she wants to make sure that she's treating someone right, she acts like they're her best friend and then she, it just naturally comes to her. So I was like, that's a really good way to... And we learned earlier that life is with difficulty. Nabulukum bisharri wal khair fitna. There is shar and there is also khair. There is evil and good. So, because of the evil that we're experiencing, it doesn't mean that we begin to just sit back and do nothing. I'm tired, so I cannot do anything. No, while you're sitting, you can still do something. And even if it is as small as a mustard seed. Do it. Because you never know. That might save you. This verse about the Day of Judgment, it really puts everything into perspective for us because we go through all of these trials, be it good or bad, or the mockery that people give, like, you know, we're faced with. It all comes down to this. Everything that we go through is for this last day. You know, and so it really, you know, we think of everything, we try to do everything better for this moment where even the smallest thing will matter. Yes. You forgive someone, you overlook what they've said to you, 
you keep working, even if it's you know a small tissue that you can pick up from somewhere to keep the place clean, why not? Keep doing it. Why? For this moment of the akhirah, when the deeds will be placed on the scales, and every deed will matter. You know, for instance, there was a woman in Medina, in the masjid of Rasulullah you know what she would do? She would just go around, picking up threads, and anything like that, small pieces of something dirty, or anything that people dropped, or it came by the wind, or from the open door. She would just pick it up, and keep the masjid clean. That's what she would do. Each time you pick something up to keep the masjid clean, each time you say a good word, every little, every little deed matters. Just think about how small a mustard seed is, or how small a dharrah is, an atom is. We neglect it. But it has a lot of value in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the following ayat are about al-anbiya. What is the name of the surah? Anbiya. And in the previous ayat also, we learned about the prophets, that how they all suffered in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that was consolation for the prophet sallallahu In the following examples also, there is a lot of comfort and hope that is being given to the prophet sallallahu as well as the believers. وَلَقَدْ And certainly, آتَيْنَا مُوسَى وَهَارُونَ We gave to Musa and Harun. We gave both of them al-furqan, the criterion. What was it that they were given which was a criterion? The Torah. Primarily Musa salam is the one who was given the Torah because he was called at the mount. But it wasn't just Musa salam's responsibility to convey the Torah. It was also Harun salam's responsibility. So this is why both are mentioned here. We gave to Musa and Harun. Al-Furqan, the criterion. Because with the knowledge that the Torah gave, people were able to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. You know, for instance, you learn in philosophy, one of the first things that you learn is there is no definition of good or evil. Right? I mean, if you say something is good, it's because you think it's good. And for another person, that could be evil. Likewise, there is no definition of evil. Something is evil because you think it's evil. And now, if we live life like this, then what would happen? What would happen? Chaos, right? What happens when... Two people view the same thing differently. So for instance, the husband looks at something in a positive way and the wife looks at the same thing in a negative way. You know, like they say, we we look at things very differently. We are very different. Can they live together? Not for long. Sooner or later, they'll have to take their own way. Or if they still live together, then they will be living in a lot of difficulty. So what is necessary? Compromise, right? That we agree to disagree, but still we will live peacefully. Correct? Now, husband and wife, okay, they can come to this resolution. And many times they don't come to this resolution. So somebody has to tell us in life what is actually right and what is wrong. Because as people, we can never agree. Right? So who tells us what is right and what is wrong? The one who made us. And the one who made everything. The one who owns us and the one who owns everything. The one who has planned our affairs and the affairs of everything. He decides. He tells us. So this is why revelation, scripture, what is that called? Furqan. The Torah is called Furqan. The Quran is called Furqan. Criterion. Something that gives you the ability to distinguish, to tell apart, to tell between things. This is right. This is wrong. This is okay. This is not okay. This is acceptable. This is not acceptable. So Allah gave the scripture. 
The furqan, the criterion. Wadiyaan, and also a light. Now this is also a description of the Torah. Because diya, light, something that allows you to see. In the absence of light, there is darkness. And in darkness, you can't see. You can get hurt. You can end up doing something very harmful, very dangerous. You know, for instance, if there's a blackout, and you're inside your house, and all of a sudden the lights go off, and you think as if you're sitting on a chair, but it's quite possible that there is no chair behind you, and you're sitting with full force, and you fall on the floor, and you can seriously injure your back. This is why we like light. We don't like darkness. The scripture, the furqan, is also a diya. It's like a light. An external light that allows you to see things as they are. It allows you to perceive things as they truly are. وَذِكْرَ And a reminder, لِلْمُتَّقِينَ For those who fear Allah. Who are they? الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who fear their Lord in the unseen. Meaning they haven't seen Him, still they fear Him. Or when they are in the unseen, when they are alone, still they fear Allah. One is to do something good because everybody is watching. People are looking. I better not behave like this. I better not say this. I better not do this. One is to rectify yourself out of fear of people. But the other is that when nobody is watching and you're alone, still you do what is right. Out of whose fear? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the definition of the one who has taqwa. Who are muttaqeen. Allah says, وَذِكْرًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ And the next ayah explains who the muttaqeen are. What's the definition? الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who fear their Lord in the unseen, when they're alone, when they're secluded. وَهُمْ and they مِنَ السَّاعَةِ From the hour, مُشْفِقُون Apprehensive. This fear of the day of judgment is always on their head. Always keeping them apprehensive. Even in Surah Al-Baqarah, one of the first things that we learn about people of taqwa is, وَبِالْآخِرَتِهُمْ يُقِنُونَ They have yaqeen in the akhirah. Over here we see, وَهُمْ مِنَ السَّاعَةِ مُشْفِقُونَ Because unless and until a person develops fear of that day, he cannot live properly. He cannot do good. He cannot abstain from wrong. It's this realization that I have to face my Lord with all this baggage. What baggage? The things I've done. The actions I've committed. I have to face Him. This is what keeps a person straight. In Surah Qaf, Ayah 33 also we learn, مَنْ خَشِيَ الرَّحْمَانَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَجَاءَ بِقَلْبٍ مُنِيبٍ The one who fears the most merciful in the unseen and comes to Allah with a heart that is returning in repentance. In Surah Al-Mulk, Ayah 12 we learn, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ For such people is forgiveness and a great reward. Allah says, وَهَذَا ذِكْرٌ مُبَارَكٌ And this is a dhikr that is mubarak. With dhikr, the one that is before you, the Qur'an. This is a reminder that is mubarak. What is mubarak? Full of barakah, full of blessing, full of goodness. It's blessings, its benefits never cease. They never end. The good that you can get out from the Qur'an, it's endless. So never think you've had enough of the Qur'an. You can never have enough of the Qur'an. You can never have enough of reading it, 
reflecting on it, studying its meanings, never ever. Because it is mubarak. Full of barakah. Full of khair. This Qur'an is mubarak. Anzalnahu. We have revealed it. Afa'antum lahum munkirun. Afa'antum a what? Fa'lan antum you lahu for it. What are you doing? You are munkirun towards it. Munkirun, plural of munkir. Who is munkir? The one who rejects. The one who denies. You are denying this Qur'an? You don't want to get to know this Qur'an? Because munkir is also used for someone who is unacquainted. Someone who doesn't know. And which one of us can claim that, yeah, I know the Qur'an. Who can claim that? Seriously, who can? Ask me anything, I'll answer you. I'll tell you what it means. Nobody can. What do we say? Let me check my notes. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Let me re-listen. Somehow I missed this. I, I, I didn't fully understand it. I, I, I still need to reflect a little bit on this. أَفَأَنْتُمْ لَهُ munkirun. Then why are you turning away from the Qur'an? How can you think you've had enough of it? You can never have enough of it. There's always more treasures to gain from the book of Allah. You listen to the recitation. قُلْ مَن لهم آلهة تمنعهم من دوننا لا يستطيعون نصر أنفسهم ولا هم منا يصحبون بل متعنا هؤلاء وآباءهم حتى طال عليهم العمر أَفَلَا يَرَوْنَ أَنَّا نَأْتِي الْأَرْضَ نَنْقُصُهَا مِنْ أَطْرَافِهَا أَفَهُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ قُلْ إِنَّمَا أُنْذِرُكُمْ بِالْوَحْيِ وَلَا يَسْمَعُ الصُّمُّ الدُّعَاءَ إِذَا مَا وَلَئِن مَّسَّتْهُمْ نَفْحَةٌ مِّنْ عَذَابِ رَبِّكَ لَيَقُولُنَّ يَا وَيْلَنَا لَيَقُولُنَّ يَا وَيْلَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ وَنَضَعُ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْطَ لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ فَلَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ وَإِن كَانَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ أَتَيْنَا بِهَا وَكَفَى بِنَا حَاسِبِينَ وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى وَهَارُونَ الْفُرْقَانَ وَضِيَاءً وَذِكْرًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ وَهُمْ مِنَ السَّاعَةِ مُشْفِقُونَ 